the B2B Messaging Podcast by Winter. Welcome back to B2B Messaging Podcast. Today I have Inbar Yogur, Director of Content and Product Marketing at Lucia. Inbar, thanks so much for being on today. Thank you for having me, Dan. It's a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Wanted to get started by getting to know you a little bit. How did you get started in product marketing and why did you choose that path? It kind of chose me. So it's so it's it's really interesting. I, I often joke that I have the lowest ROI degree in history. I actually have a master's in fine arts and film and media arts from the American Film Institute Conservatory. I studied directing, of all things. But very shortly after I finished my degree, I realized that I just wasn't cut out for that world. You, you need a pretty thick skin there and you need to kind of be a megalomaniac. I have neither of those things. And so I found my way into... Um, content marketing and messaging, actually, to start. At a certain point, Taboola, which I don't know if you know, they're the you may like guys at the bottom of, uh, of content. So I started freelancing for them. They were very new on the market and just trying to help them figure out what the best practices are to use You know that product, how advertisers can best give visibility and get people to interact with the content there. And it was very early in that world. And I was you know reporting to the product team and, you know, I was doing a lot of, you know, communication, go to market, you know, teaching advertisers, building out best practices, working very closely with product to kind of help figure out what the customers need. And so I actually didn't know I was doing product marketing for, for a very long time because it was, it was, I'm going to give away my age here. This was like 2012-ish. And so it was not a very big discipline at the time. And so I actually had to have somebody tell me that I was doing it before I realized I was doing it. But it was it was a very cool place to start. You know, I spent four and a half years at Taboola really helping kind of, you know, I started when they were, I was employee number 82. Um, and I left when they were 750. They've since gone public and they've got, you know, thousands. And it's really, it was really cool to get kind of on the ground floor of figuring out that product both in terms of, you know, what the value is and, and making sure there's product market fit and also how it works. And so, yeah, it was it was a great place to kind of get my sea legs and, and, and get into the, the discipline. How is messaging currently being done at Lucia? Well, we're actually doing some stuff that's brand spanking new, to be honest. So Lucia, up until about a, a year and a half or so ago, we were very much a product-led growth company. And so a lot of what we were doing was speaking to the individual contributor. Our product was very much geared to the individual contributor up until I would say like late 2021 over the last, and then over the last like couple of years, we've really developed a much broader product offering, which doesn't only talk to the end user, which in our case was, was mostly SDRs and recruiters. Now it really does bring value to the entire sales organization so and and marketing as well. And so we have a lot of capabilities that marketers can use, a lot of capabilities that sales teams can use on the whole and not just the, the end SDR user. And so part of what I did when I when I, I came to Lucia was actually help lead a repositioning process. So we needed to rethink about how we talk about Lucia and talk about it on a, you know, on a higher level with, you know, keeping all these new personas in mind. We're still in the middle of it, right? So we did we did go through a very long process. It was about it was about 4 months of very research heavy, 
you know, doing all the fun, you know, SWOT analysis and, 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 you know, competitive landscape and, and looking at our own user data and kind of coming together and collaborating with the, with the rest of the go-to-market team, with the sales org and with the product org to make sure that we were talking about our product in the right way. And so we, we used that process. We came up with some messaging. Fun fact, we used winter actually, when we, when we first, when we did the first kind of big product launch with the new messaging, we actually used winter to test out the messaging and make sure that it was, it was, you know, clear and cogent and, and our, our key audiences were, were connecting to it. And, and it was actually really great kind of, it really helped bolster the fact that we were going in the right direction when 73% of the people on winter were like, yes, we like this, you know, which was the new positioning, but we're still, we're still kind of in the weeds with it. I think we have a lot, a long way to go before we actually, you know, fully speak with one voice as a company. We've kind of started the process in terms of rolling out the, the new messaging on our website, but it still hasn't fully gone there because we've got really high traffic. You know, we need to A-B test everything. And so it's it's kind of a work in progress right now. But I will say that we're very cogent of our position in the market, our unique value proposition, and we we try to really keep that in mind all the time. We're in a very competitive landscape, right? And it's really easy in a competitive landscape to just kind of copy what everybody else does. And we've tried to not really do that. Like, of course we have similar, you know, we have similar product offerings, but there are things that make us unique. We're more compliant. We're way easier to onboard. You know, there's, there's this long, long list of things that we do. And so we try to put that first when we speak about Lucia, because that I think helps us stand out in a, in a very competitive landscape. Who comes up with the key messages that you want sent out to the market? Right. So it's, it's a collaboration in my view, always, you know, the, the repositioning process that was done was done mostly with me and I have an amazing competitive intelligence and positioning manager on my team. And we did a lot of research and kind of, we came up with the initial stuff, but we didn't work in a vacuum. So, so, you know, at every stage we presented our findings to management and to the sales organization and to the marketing organization, we brainstormed together, you know, we, we, we really came up with, with some key concepts that we thought were, were great and, and fully collaborated on that from, from the point of like, how are we positioned in the market to, you know, are we going to call ourselves X or Y, right? And like, what are our key messages? So like, you know, data that opens doors and closes deals was something that came out of that. We actually called, we, we put out a complete suite of, of new products, which we called our warm outbound suite, which is actually what we tested on winter. You know, like going against, you know, cold calling, here's your warm outbound solution. So, so there's, it's still a work in progress, but everybody does it, right? So the product marketing org obviously has a really clear, and authoritative kind of voice there. Like when, when something new comes out or when we put together a web page, there's always a product marketing manager who's on there making sure that we're staying on message, but we're not, we don't do it alone. We don't do it in a vacuum. Is it also collaborative or is there a particular person or department that takes a messaging and turns it into that website copy? So that's also a collaboration. We have a fairly big team at Lucia and, you know, we've got kind of two sides of it. We've got the growth marketing team. We've got the product marketing side of it. And, and so on the growth side, there, there's a website manager whose entire job is to A-B test and make sure that we're, you know, we're converting people. Like we're still a product-led growth company, right? We, we just added an extra kind of, you know, now with even more, you know, wonderful things for other people too. But we're still like a very product-led growth company. And so we rely on people signing up. 
on the site, right? That's our primary driver of signups to the product. And so it's really important for us to, to make sure our conversion rate's on point. And even if we change messaging, we have to make sure that we're still, you know, capturing people in the right way that we can then, you know, can engage with and, and sell to. And so there is a full team. We've also got a web dev team. You know, we've got a design team. There's a lot of people involved in all of this. And so I, I think it usually kind of goes where, you know, the product marketing team usually kind of leads the way in terms of the like the platform page, any page that we have about specific products, anything that is about our specific value proposition. So like our compliance page, those are things that are really important in terms of getting like the messaging about the product, right? On the homepage, you know, that's more the creative side, right? That's more of a, of like a data-driven A-B testing situation. So for, so I'll actually, you know, in, in what we're doing now with the repositioning, so we've actually changed 11 pages on our website already. Most of those pages were done by product marketers in terms of the concept of them or the message of them. Some of them were not, some of them, we they weren't needed. And, you know, then it was just the content team and the web team, but most of them, there was a product marketing manager attached, but the homepage is going to be a completely different animal because what the homepage is going to do is it's going to take the top converting things from the rest of the pages and kind of bring them together. And so that's going to be a far more data-driven process. Sounds like there's a lot of interdisciplinary collaboration that really makes things flow well. So you're getting feedback, you're finding ways to make sure that everything's optimized. How do you know that the messaging is working? That's the million dollar question, Dan. <laughs> you know, sometimes you don't. Sometimes, you know, like the the way I kind of look at it is... One of the hardest things that a person in both product marketing and content marketing needs can do is measure themselves. Okay. Like you know, product marketers come in at every stage of the funnel. Some would say they're like mid funnel. Some would say they're just, you know, in some organizations, they're just bottom funnel. Like there's a lot of different places where product marketing comes to mind. And, and the biggest problem is we can never actually take credit for anything and we can't absolve ourselves of anything. Right. So like, you would think, okay, well, you know, how many deals have we sold using the warm outbound message? Quite a few. Like it's 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 a big driver of a business. But, you know, is it because the salespeople are good? Is it because the messaging is good? Is it because there's just a really good product market? Like, you know, like if we have an adoption issue, is it because the, the you know, did we bring the wrong person? Did we sell the wrong product to the wrong person? Did, you know, is the product not fitting the need? Like there's, there's, always like this huge kind of conversation of where, where do we see impact? And I do not, I wish I had a wise answer for that. I do not. I will be perfectly honest. I don't like sometimes products work. Sometimes they don't work. We do our best to be data-driven and mindful when we put something out there. And if it's not working, then it's really important to acknowledge it and find ways to adjust. But yeah, that was a very long answer to your question. Well, let me ask this then. You're getting feedback from different sources. You're understanding that there might be several variables. Do you follow any metrics to help validate the messaging? So, you know, from a from a website perspective, obviously we look at conversion rates. So for example, we you know, we when we launched our a couple of new pages, you know, the fact that they were big drivers of a contact sales form, 
right? That was that was a great message for us. That was a really great metric for us to look at as whether this thing is, is resonating, right? We look at like the benchmark across the site. And then if this is a ma- one of the major drivers of, of contact sales, that means we're doing something right here, right? We obviously, you know, listen to sales calls wherever we can and see, you know, how things are coming up and whether people are kind of speaking with the same voice. It's really hard with a really long, like a really large go-to-market team to, to make sure that that happens. We look at, are these things being sold? We look at, are these products being adopted and by who? So these are all things that we're, we're keeping in mind all the time, even though, you know, we can't always take full credit or, you know, absolve. Those are kind of the things that, that we tend to look at. Continuing though on that updates and, you know, shifting the messaging, how often do you make changes or updates to your messaging and positioning? So, okay. So, so I'm, I've only like, I'm, I'm about to celebrate a year at Lucia. And so I haven't been there, I think long enough to look at the long tail of it. I can tell you my philosophy in general. Okay. So I think that when you are creating messaging for a company, not for a particular product, but for a company, you need to think about where the company is going to be three years from now and where the company is today. Right. So, so wherever you're talking and this is true about your big value proposition. This is true about your content marketing strategy. This is true about what is the big conversation that you're having. Your big conversation needs to be about today, but also three years from now, right? And 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 the reason is that if you don't do that, you're you're by you're already dated because everybody else is is doing that, right? But also, when you release a product, that release I think needs to be inevitable. Right. So if you're if you're a company that, you know, like we 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 released as part of our warm outbound suite, we released an intent feature, right, where we can see company surges when companies are interested in specific topics so that, you know, salespeople can kind of see, you know, who's relevant to reach out to. Right. We released that in February. We started talking about intent in November. Right. And 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 honestly, we should have started talking about intent even before that. Right. Like there's. You always need to be future looking and you always need to be considered innovative in what you do. And so when you build messaging for anything on a high level, you need to be forward looking. If you're if you're talking about a specific product, yeah, you got to stay in the present because it's very kind of it's, it's almost transactional. Like this is the value that this product is going to give you. But but when you're messaging a company, then you need to think ahead and you need to always keep that vision in mind. Thinking about that future, do you make updates in in your philosophy or in your experience on a regular basis, or is it on a case by case as you get the feedback that maybe this isn't quite working so well? Case by case, yeah. I don't think that there, you know. But but again, I, I will say I have been mostly in early stage startups for most of my career, right? And early stage startups are by nature kind of they need to be agile. Right. And they need to move and they need to pivot. And it's especially true if there's if there's not a product market fit with what you're doing. And then then it's a whole other story. Right. This future looking thing is great when you when you're, you know, an established enough company that you kind of know where you're going to be going. But in early stage startups, you're need you need you're going to be iterating sometimes weekly on some of this stuff. So I think it really depends on the maturity of the company and the product. Makes a lot of sense. My next question is a little bit more specific to you and your experience. We've talked a little bit about some of the past work experiences, but is there a specific product, a launch or a company 
that you had the most fun working on messaging? I actually do think that it's been Lucia. Like the stuff that we've been doing in the last six months has been great. Like I said, I came from a lot of early stage startups. The first, like the last two companies I worked at before Lucia as a VP marketing that brought a, a product to market. And in this case, I, I already had everything I needed in terms of I had a great product. I had a team. I had a, I had resources. I had, you know, a lot of collaboration. And so, the, you know, it's the best when you get to work with great people and you're not working in like a, a bubble. And so, yeah, I think the stuff we've been doing in the last six months has been great. Having come from a different background and getting into product marketing, to become great at crafting messaging, what do you think is needed? I think you need to never assume that you're great at crafting messaging. Let's start there. I, I always... I always take everything I do with a bit of humility and, and, you know, I think being open to feedback and and understanding that there's iteration is the biggest thing, right? Like, like you, you constantly have to make sure that what you're doing is performing. And at the end of the day, uh, that's, what's going to matter, right? Are you driving business results? Are you actually managing to get done what you're getting done? And, and, and if you're not, then, you know, that's when you need to take a minute and, and figure out what's wrong. But I think you don't, you, you can get great messages. I don't think that there's this magic formula to be great at messaging, except being curious and, and, and looking at data and being agile and being collaborative. Learning then to be good at, and great at messaging, creating great messages. What are the best things to learn and where do you go learn them? So I think I think that the, the the thing that tends to kind of get lost a lot, especially in, in all marketing disciplines, not even just product marketing, is that they forget about the user. Okay. And 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 sometimes we we become our own, like we talk to ourselves rather than talking to others. And so for me, I always try to question and always go to the research, right? And so, you know, when we're, when we're trying to talk to a user, the first thing I, I like to do is, okay, well, what does that user's day look like? What is their challenge? What is in it for them? And so, you know, there's, I, there's books, there's, I love the product marketing alliance, I love all these things, but it has to start with you understanding your user and not assuming that you understand your user. That's the biggest thing because a lot of people assume and they don't. And I don't even know that, you know, we, and I don't think you ever fully understand. I think you constantly need to research it and look at it and question it and, and make sure that you're being cogent and clear in terms of what's in it for them. And you don't, you can't really do the what's in it for them if you don't fully understand them. Inbar, thank you again for being on today. It was a pleasure. It was really fun. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Again, this has been Inbar Yagur, Director of Content and Product Marketing at Lucia. Inbar, do you have any parting words of wisdom, any tips or tricks that have helped you throughout your career? I preach this all the time. Anybody who follows me on LinkedIn knows this. I believe in what I call radical transparency. I think that in the last, especially in the last three years, we've gotten pulled into these echo chambers and we've become so siloed and disconnected from each other. And I feel like the best thing you can possibly do 
in your marketing, in the way that you, you know, manage people, in the way that you are, you contribute to anything is to be honest and transparent. And I think that these days there's no room for anything else. And, and I think that when you're honest with yourself and with others about where things stand, that's a much better starting point than anything else. That's a fantastic piece of advice. I love that. That's great. Thank you. Again, thank you for being on. We really appreciate it. Thank you. This was a blast. Thank you so much for having me. This is B2B Messaging Podcast. We'll catch you next time.